In the name of God who creates, redeems, and sanctifies. Amen. Please sit. This is a super short gospel, so it'll be a super short sermon. No? No, probably not. Just kidding. As short as it is, it's a fairly complicated gospel, and I want to confess to you at the beginning that it's not one of my favorites. And afterwards, if you want to talk about why, you know me well enough, some of you, I think, to guess. So, and you'll hear some of it, probably. So please stay for the conversation after the service today about the gospel. I'd love to hear what you think. There are a few important things for us to know about this story before we dive in. First, it's that Mary and Martha live in Bethany. They are sisters to Lazarus, who's another character whose name we hear occasionally, fairly often. Lazarus is the friend that Jesus would weep over and then resurrect. You might remember that story. These three people, Martha and Mary and Lazarus, become close friends of Jesus. Really close friends. And we don't know at this point in Jesus' ministry, as we come to this place in the gospel, if that has happened yet. But we know that it will. And so that wrinkle, actually, I think, is an interesting one. Are they, in this exchange, close? Or are we closer to the beginning of the story and maybe they don't quite know each other as well yet? These three people will become his friends, his community, people he trusts, people whose home he knows, people he visits before he makes his way to Jerusalem for the crucifixion. He loves them. He trusts them. But we aren't quite sure if we're there yet, which makes this exchange fairly interesting. It's also important for us to remember that while we sometimes in this world might think that we have prescribed gender roles, they pale in comparison to the gender roles of the ancient world. So while it might seem the natural thing, the suggested, proposed thing that women would do, the welcoming and the cooking and the hospitality pieces, it might seem that way to us now, and perhaps it is or was in some of your homes, in the ancient world, it wasn't just an expectation. It was literally written in stone. It was super important that people lived out their prescribed roles and did the things that they were expected to do. So we can imagine the scene. Jesus shows up at this house with his entourage. There's probably a good chunk of people following him. This is more than just him going to visit. There's people who have gone with him, people who need to be fed, people who need to be cared for. It's probably mostly men at this point. And so the women, especially in the house, would have been expected to do all the things for them. To clean up, to get them comfortable, to feed them, to serve them. Well, the men literally just kind of came in and sat down and got to be where they were. The pressure on Mary and Martha to act and perform in a particular way would have been tremendous. More than we can really imagine. Probably most of us, unless you came out of a place, a house, where those roles were so tight and so prescribed. So it should be very surprising, perhaps even shocking to us, that Mary would step out of this role. 
it should be astounding to us. It should come as a surprise that with no further explanation, the scripture just says that Mary makes a different choice. Rather than doing what she's supposed to do, she goes and sits in the room with the men. She kneels on the floor at Jesus' feet, and she expects to be treated as the men are, as a person rather than a servant. She would have gotten to listen to him talk while she was there to teach. She would have heard him answer questions and set expectations for the people who were following him. And all of this surely would have been completely new for her and for everyone else who was in the room. Because women weren't even really supposed to be in the room. They were supposed to be in the kitchen doing other things. And the way that gender was divided at the time, there really was no understanding of the fact that women had the right to sit there and listen to such things. They had no need to do that because it had nothing to do with their lives. It didn't make any sense. Why would the women need to be in the room to hear any of that? They have other work to do. It should be shocking for us, as it probably was for everyone who was in the room, that Mary decides to sit at his feet. That she makes a different choice and steps out of the role that has been prescribed for her. And so in many ways, this is a, a short text, but it's, it's one of the first opportunities that we have in Scripture to see Jesus break a number of rules and break open a number of categories. And for Mary, in some ways, this is almost a willful denial of what's expected of her. It's a role reversal. But it's not just for her. It would have been for everyone in the room who went along with it. And perhaps, maybe most importantly, by God, because Jesus goes along with it. He's allowing, even encouraging her, to break the rules, to step out of the role that's been assigned to her by religion and society, and to step into something else, an identity, a role, a place in the story as, imagine, a person, not just a woman, not just someone who's been assigned to a particular place in life, but as a whole person who gets to be a disciple, a child of God. And so it's a crucial moment in Jesus' ministry, not the only one in which women are equal, but a crucial one that the church would eventually sort of go on to ignore and to squash and to silence. But we know that there were many women like this, many women like Mary, who were treated as whole people in these crucial moments. Now, obviously, this seems to upset Martha. And here I think it's important because it's, it's easy just to kind of rag on Martha, but I think it's important to acknowledge that we all have these moments, right? We all have these, um, I often make up a, the word martyry. <laughs> we, we all have these moments where we feel like it's been a big pile on and there's all of this stuff happening and we are the only ones doing the work when we would rather be doing something else. And it's very easy then to look at somebody else and sort of be like, well, how come you get to do that? <laughs> and I have to do all this work over here. And it's not a terribly attractive look for any of us, right? It's not, 
one of the moments that we want to remember at the end of our lives with pride. <laughs> but it happens to all of us because we get into those stuck little routines. So I think it's important that we have some compassion on Martha because she is doing all the work. And because at first glance, I'm not sure that Jesus' response is particularly helpful. At least I wouldn't find it particularly helpful if that's what he said to me. Can you put yourself in Martha's shoes for a minute and have that be the response from Jesus? Okay, Martha, it's nice that you're doing all this work, but actually that's not what I wanted you to do, even though it's what you're expected to do. I don't know. I don't know. The question, though, is that I am always left with with this passage, and of course scripture is silent on it, is how does she feel about this answer? What is it like to be in Martha's skin when Jesus gives her this answer? And what does she choose to do with it? Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. Mary has chosen the better part, and it will not be taken from her. I think at first glance, it's really hard to not think that Jesus is kind of ending up on Mary's side there, right? And maybe that's why, for generations, women have sort of been frustrated with this answer. And I am too. Because it doesn't feel fair to Martha, who is literally doing all of the work by herself. Who's trying to do the right thing, who's doing, by the way, the thing that she's been taught to do, the thing that she's expected to do. And by the way, something that we still value tremendously in Christian community, the idea of hospitality, of making people welcome, of inviting people in and making sure they have what they need, especially of feeding them. My goodness, every week we celebrate this great meal at the table in which we deserve nothing we receive and God gives us everything so gracefully. She's just extending hospitality. She's making sure that people feel welcomed and cared for. Literally taking the stranger into her home. Right? That's what the text says. Martha welcomed them. Not Martha and Mary. Martha. But what if, what if what Jesus is really doing in that response is also freeing Martha? Now hear me out. Maybe it's not the words that I myself would like to hear. But what if he's really saying to her, pick me, choose me, come and sit with me. That is the better part. And it's here for you too. Don't be so distracted by all these things that weigh you down, by all these things that you are meant to do and expected to do by the role that you're supposed to play and by what people want from you. Free yourself of all of that and pick me, choose me. What if this is an invitation for Martha and for all of us to break out of some of those roles that keep us tied down? Now, maybe you don't feel like you have prescribed gender roles for yourself in this day and age the way that Martha did, but I guarantee you that there are roles and prejudices and challenges that you grew up with that are still very much a part of the fabric of your being. 
whether it's racism or classism, whether it's any of the phobias that we have of each other, the ways that we divide each other and categorize, what if in Jesus' response to Mary, where he breaks open the category of who she is, we also have an invitation for us to break out of those things that we still carry with us, that we are too ignorant and too blind to put behind us. And what if the answer was really as simple as choosing Jesus, picking him, and learning not to carry with us all of these expectations, all of these stories, all of these categories that people put us in and that we put each other in? What if all we had to do to be free is to choose him? This week, I would invite you to think about your life, about the stories and categories and prescribed roles and expectations that you carry for yourself and that you carry for people around you. How do they distract you from Jesus, from the life to which he calls us, from the ways in which we as a community and we as individuals are learning to be better disciples? What work are you shouldering on your own that maybe is not the work that you're actually called to? What things are you forcing yourself to do because you think you have to when Jesus has given you gifts for something else and is asking you to be someone else? Where are the places, and and I want to own that we are all like this, where are the places where you and I and we are a little martyry and a little too focused on the work that we're doing instead of the work that God is doing and inspiring within us. Where we're a little too eager to pay attention to what everyone else is doing. What stops you from leaving all of that behind and choosing him and putting him first and claiming your place as a whole person and a whole disciple at his feet who gets to be just as good as everyone else and who knows that everyone else is just as good as they are. Choose the better part. And know that in doing so, you choose your own freedom and the freedom of everyone else. Pick him. Choose him. And you'll find that your freedom comes only from him. Only when we are all free because of him. Amen.